0: What's up everybody? Welcome to Movie Schmovie. I'm Steve. I'm Ron. Trying on a new accent. Steve. Yeah. I like that. I'm Steve. I'm
1: Ron. I'm <laughs> Ron. Change your mind halfway through it. Hi. Hem am John. I like that. You like
0: that?
2: Mm-hmm. We, all had, we all tried on new uh, new personalities. I like it. You can already tell it's a new era on Movie
1: Shmovie. <laughs> <laughs> or era. We're getting so bored asshole. with ourselves yeah. that we have to take on different personalities. <laughs> new era. Uh, so, sci-fi. Uh yeah,
0: right? just just throw it out there, Ronald. That's just what we're doing. Whatever. Yep. Yeah, Yo, you, you should, if you didn't listen to last episode, the end of it, <laughs> it was yeah, sci-fi. We're talking about sci-fi right now.
1: Yep. You just smacked you in the head on a fucking subject.
2: Now our fascination with sci-fi began when Ronald saw Oblivion last year, <laughs> the first. And and I don't even remember. No, what... Yeah, no, like not even a year ago mm. i don't even remember what he said that we pounced on something like have you n- noticed all these sci-fi movies coming out since oblivion or something he said something rather <laughs> innocuous that we we then jumped on it as though ronald stood up and said i am confident there were no sci-fi films before oblivion i
0: actually that's what what it was is that's that what he it said? yeah you got it right there
2: oh, he's always making those sci-fi kind of sci-fi starts today yes <laughs> it's what ronald said <laughs> But ever era. since then, we've we've kind of made these little winking references to sci-fi films, and and I, you know, I think it just seemed like it's time for <clears throat> us to maybe set the set the record straight. If we want to carry the joke forward, we need to let Ronald know about some of these other films. Oh, okay. Because we know he's gonna just mention Oblivion three times today. <laughs> um, but also, it does get you to thinking about like what, in my mind, it was like what makes a sci-fi film versus a fantasy film. Sure. And I, I did find that a lot of movies that cuz i put out my usual feelers just to make sure i wasn't forgetting something i asked my a couple of my movie-minded friends you know what are your favorite sci-fi films and i found that a lot of movies that people were saying were sci-fi were actually fantasy and that kind of got me to thinking like where is that barrier and and that that's kind of interesting that tension between between something that is just bringing in magical elements and odd yeah. elements without any explanation and what i would consider to be sci-fi where they 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 attempt to ground it in some kind of relatable world or
0: some kind of relatable idea. Yeah. I think you know? the term magic would tell me you saying magical. Yeah. I think that would probably tell me maybe more fantasy.
2: But something yeah. like Star Wars, which a lot of people would say because it's in space, <clears throat> it feels like sci-fi, but actually you have the force, you you know, it's not really focused on like
0: Yeah.
2: it's not really focused on being plausible. Whereas like a lot of sci-fi is based around taking something that's relatable and that you sort of understand and then <laughs> and then spinning
1: off of that. You know what's crazy? Anybody, could, yeah. a psycho could be like, this is very relatable. <laughs> I can relate to that. I can relate to this. It's so funny. But yes, grounded in some sort of reality.
2: Well, I mean, think. I guess the big argument you used to hear would be like the difference between like Star Trek and Star Wars. Like Star uh, Trek, yeah. even though it's never been my thing, but the fact that it is rooted, there are, there are rules. It tries to adhere to some idea of what science is. Whereas with Star Wars, there's never really any attempt to make any of that stuff make sense. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, just hmm. gotcha.
0: For those who can't see, I just tied myself to the chair. Yeah, yeah you I just, this is gonna be a fun episode. You, you just strapped get, yourself you in. I, I'm sitting down for this you one. Feel it in your boots <laughs> So yeah, what did that? What did
2: that? I mean, all joking aside about your your knowledge of the genre, Ronald. But what did that mean when we said we were doing this? Did you have? Did you instantly think of some things, or did you no, have to sort of rack I, your brain? I thought of things
1: that Besides it couldn't. <laughs> something, some things it couldn't Sorry. include: Loincloths swords. Uh, Mm. uh, there might be some swords. There might be some swords, but not you know, (laughs) but not swords. No horses. (laughs) No horses. Uh, you know, just that fantasy stuff. Uh, beautiful mountains that are like glittery, and I don't know. No unicorns. No un. No unicorns and things that I guess when I think. uh, How about dragons? No dragons. Okay. no. I use Uh, the same parameters. Yeah, no dragons. When I think sci-fi, I think. Possible time travel, <clears> possible, <throat> mm-hmm. um, phasers, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, stuff like that, in um, aliens of some sort, maybe yeah. for some of them. Right. So, yeah. Wait, none. You say th- no aliens. Aliens. Non- none. of those are like prerequisites, but not prerequisites. I'm saying may right. may be included in. Sci-fi. Oh, may be included. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. And Good. and the opposite, no, no dragons. All right. So my first. My first is one of my family favorites. Just, it's a fun movie to watch for everyone. Uh, stars Bruce Willis, uh, <laughs> Chris Tucker's in it. Okay. Fifth Element. Fifth Element was fun to me uh, for a bunch of reasons. Uh, it's it's a really exciting ride with a really cool premise. You have this woman who's never kind of experienced this world that she's in and uh, she's beautiful and scantily clad and you have <clears throat> bruce willis that that's protecting her and it, I, I, the setting was cool because it felt like bruce willis was really out of his element in this futuristic
2: i saw what you did there that was cool. uh,
1: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> out of his fifth element yeah uh man, you're killing it with it yeah man tackling bruce tiny lester I mean, Zeus, Tiny Lester. It's it's just a great it's just a great cast, and and you would you wouldn't think that, Bruce, uh, <laughs> Zeus, Tiny Lester would be good as the president, but he was fucking incredible as a president. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a fun ride. Uh, lots of shooting, lots of screaming, weird looking aliens. He
2: paved the way for such uh, muscled up sci fi presidents uh, who happen to be African American as Terry Crews in Idiocracy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, very, very cool movie. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I loved it. Fifth Element, sci-fi movie. One of my favorites.
2: Was that like the beginning of Chris Tucker as like the super annoying guy who people still find charming sort of? I mean, because he was playing like a really Chris Tuckery version of Chris Tucker in
1: that, wasn't he? I mean, I, I think that was, it is the only Chris Tucker movie that I can watch now. That I can watch and not feel like I want to shoot the screen with the... With a phaser of some sort. (laughs) I like how you kept it in Uh sci-fi. Kept it relevant. Yeah, it's... uh, That's it. Like, I don't know. It kind of stops there for me. Yeah. When it comes to him. Yeah. But, yeah. Good movie, Fifth Element. Because
2: I feel like he was supposed to be kind of annoying in that movie, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was like a a talk show host sort of thing with the camera following him around. Mm -hmm. So, it's... Yeah. And
2: then the next time I saw him, I was like, is he supposed to be annoying in this again? (laughs) And what was
0: that in... Rush Hour?
1: Or?
2: Maybe it was been... You know, actually, it was Money in... Money
1: Talks? Um, I kind of like that.
2: Uh, he had v- the very small part at the beginning of Jackie Brown may have been Oh, right. uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Also, House Party 3. <clears throat>
0: well, was he in that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Any chance to bring up House Party anything? Yes. Ron was on it. I would it. do it. All right. My first choice, and uh, I, I, like I said, I kind of went fast and loose with my picks. I didn't like stick to like what I guess I consider straight-up sci-fi. Right. I tried to spread it out a little bit, partly because I felt like maybe one of you two guys would pick some of those two, mm-hmm. so I just a chance to put some other movies into the conversation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the first one i throw out there is also one of my favorite movies, period. Um, and that's Back to the Future. Ah. Um, hmm. Bob is 1985, awesome movie. I think you can call it sci-fi. I will call it sci-fi. Um, it's one of my first exposure ever. I mean... Okay, so let me also say, like the the movies I picked, they had an impact on me in like my growing up and seeing sci-fi, and my and the different levels of fi- sci-fi that I experienced and could understand. And uh, I remember seeing Back to the Future the first time. It really was the first time I ever was exposed to different time periods, um, and and the idea of a single person being able to go. And manipulate things, and and what it does to you know the time that they came from, and that's really simple idea in Back to the Future because in in essence it's more of a comedy adventure, but it really, um, seeing the DeLorean and and what Marty and, and Doc were able to do or, or attempted to do, um, I don't know, it just was it was a good experience for me to understand time travel, and like you know a lot of people always talk about the loopholes, and there's tons of and any of these sci-fi movies that come out, like I remember we talked about Looper last year. You know, even when people talk about movies like Looper, they'll always still reference back to a movie like Back to the Future because it's yeah. really a reference point, which is why I think I could qualify it for my list. Yeah, because it
2: lays it out and sticks. It like sets yeah. up these rules, and it's I, there. I think that's you know?
0: what they usually compare and say that like mm-hmm. it, it's there. It's all on the screen. It's all in the narrative. What you know are the rules, and this is what happens. And everything lines up. And for the most part, I'm sure right. there may be something in some article somewhere, but.
2: Well, it, the, the problem with Back to the Future is that <laughs> now that we're catching up to the years that were depicted
0: in the future of the sequels
2: of the sequels, is yeah. that now that that that's what's going to happen with Back to the Future seeming dated. Yeah, you know that yes. we're going to catch up and we still don't have hoverboards. Uh, and, uh,
0: well, I mean, last week I thought we did, but it was apparently a lot of people thought yeah. thought that we did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Back to the Future, I think a movie that
1: absolutely still holds up. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be remade soon. It just feels like it. It feels like time. It's time. maybe.
0: I don't know. That. I mean, I'm usually yeah. I'm usually the the go-for guy with the yeah. remakes, but I think a property like that I probably would fight that one. Yeah. I, very few would I would I speak up against, but I don't know. It seems just to me
2: like the reason why it would be sad to see them remake that one would be because you know they'd be doing something with Michael J. Fox if it weren't for his condition probably. Like sure. I could t- I can totally picture that there would have been a part 4 mm-hmm. with all the re- reboots and you know reinvigorating these franchises they've done in recent years you know that if he was more able-bodied and more able to kind of handle the lead of a film like that that they would have they would have probably tried to get him in there
0: that's a really good point though because i mean i think that's why people would be really protective of this movie or this this series or property it's it still is to this day my favorite one of if not my favorite ride at universal studios even though they took it away years and years ago as a kid seeing back to the future and riding that ride my mind did not understand what was happening. <laughs> like that ride was amazing, yeah. like to me. And even when I got older, as a teenager, you know, I could obviously it was a little more understanding of what was going on. But, um, but yeah, Back to the Future. I enjoy the sequels. I was eh, Back to the Future too. I think actually, as a trilogy, as a package, that that sequel, those sequels, actually, very few franchises I think are all at least as good as that one is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's throughout true. the trilogy, none of them, none of them are. None of the sequels were bad, in my opinion. I mean, there's obviously favorites and stronger stronger third is, entries. The definitely but, the
1: weaker of the three. What's but that? The third is definitely No, I the agree, yeah. But it's, it's still good. It's still so up
0: to par, I yeah, think, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, great soundtrack. Not that it has anything to do with sci-fi. But just specifically thinking about this sci-fi idea that we want to kind of... We're going broad with this, for oh, this yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. First ever idea exposure I've ever, uh, I, I can remember of, of time travel. And, I mean, and in a way that was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, nothing will ever touch that for back with Back to the Future for me. So,
2: that is my first pick. And I think it definitely introduced that notion of, like, running into yourself yeah. in the future of the past. Yeah. Like, I believe the phrase space-time continuum yeah. may be uttered. And that may have been the first time I'd ever heard that. That's true. And to understand that, that whole idea of, like... You know, the ripple effect yeah. of, of traveling through time. I definitely think that was, that was news to me when I saw that movie. And I might have been, I think I was 11 or 12 when it, when it came out. And it was definitely like a big, big summer movie that just I loved, my parents loved, yeah. anyone who saw it loved. And sure. I think we may have talked about it in our kind of, when we did a while back, we talked about like the movies to watch over the holidays and the movies that like everyone in the family can kind of agree on. Sure. I think that Back to the Future is one of those movies that practically everybody agrees on you know
0: i mean yeah i don't it's hard to say i mean back to the future is such a cool movie to me like yeah. i think it is a movie that i don't know many people who don't like back to the future and or love it i mean what what i mean yeah i don't know what what is there not to like about it
1: biff what? being so rapey <laughs> so rapey. but he's an asshole i biff, mean that, like that, that, that's that character but though. If it's so rapey but you don't like him against yeah. him right. yeah but that's it's the su- point. it's such a good movie that's, mm. it's it's, it, it's so well constructed it's like good script oh uh, yeah great cast the soundtrack was good and then the the original music was so good like the orchestrated music the score was so good it it was a perfect combination of both of them and it I don't know man it's like a perfect storm it's like Mm -hmm. I know I hate to like like compare it to this but Scarface kind of felt like the like soundtrack and movie and weirdness and accents and craziness and overacting and underacting Mm -hmm. and all that stuff that Back to the Future has a little bit of all of that. You're, stuff. you're absolutely right, and and it's so perfect together that it it, I, it feels like it can never be made again. You see movies like that, like that were made then, that can never be reproduced. Like Goonies, never. Like there's never gonna be another Goonies. There's never gonna be another Back to the Future. Yeah. There's never gonna be another Scarface. It's it's like the perfect amount of cheese. The perfect amount of really good acting. I don't know. I love that movie. I love it the same way. So,
2: so just a quick word. Word of advice from my, my movie brothers here. <laughs> do you ever find when we do these list shows that sometimes because you don't want to mention movies that you've mentioned a hundred times before, you end you up pick picking difference. movies that aren't the ones that would be on your list, but mm-hmm. you know they're still good, and oh, then you sometimes you unearth something that's really good. That you go well. I wouldn't have picked this if I weren't looking for ones that I that I won't obviously pick. But is it better to go with your heart or go with like the you know to go with your heart as far as like these are the ones that first came to mind, or is it better <coughs> to have movies we haven't talked about a million times? I like be ones on the that list. we haven't talked about. Okay. As long
1: as you have one that you're super passionate right. about, I have one.
2: Well, also there's always room for also Rands, and I can talk about all those movies. That yeah. there's
1: plenty of room for Walkering. Oh my
2: gosh, Walkering, <laughs> Walkering will abound. Walkering to the left, Walkering to the right. Walking all day and walking all night. It will happen. Um, it's gonna happen. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with one that I thought of today, and I was very pleased when I thought of it because I had come up Were with. Were you pleased <clears throat> as punch? I was pleased as punch. I would say I I had a sip of punch. <laughs> okay. That's how pleased I was. It wasn't like a full on. You know what? You know when you're making a punch and you're testing it, for, mm-hmm. and you're, then it says like add sugar to taste. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm tasting it. That's what a taste of punch. Gotcha. Um, I was. <clears throat> the reason I was pleased was because I, I felt like this movie hit a lot of those spots. If you try to think of like. If I'm doing a list of sci-fi films, there's gotta be something on here that's got some spectacle to it. There's gotta be something that's like got some 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 wow factor to okay. it. but uh, cause so many of the sci-fi movies I love might be like like head scratchers or they might be movies that kind of tend towards horror. And I thought, well, what's a movie that just everyone sort of agreed when they first saw it? It kind of blew their mind. Mm. maybe in such a way that they kind of maybe they kind of had to hold onto their butts. I'm talking about a little movie called Jurassic Park.
1: Oh. Oh, my God. I don't know Thankfully why. I, I don't have it. to
2: put that um, out there, um, now. I, I, I have feel it on like... <laughs> well, okay, Here's what here's what it is. When I was making the list of my favorite <clears throat> sci-fi films, three... Spiel, Spielberg movies came up on my list. Don't like, say them. I won't say them. Okay. But that w- it was just like, well, I can't make a list of Spielberg <clears throat> movies, but he's got to be represented. Yeah. And then I thought, well, yeah, this movie hits that. Jurassic Park's got that spectacle. I think some of those effects, I mean, they might be beginning to look dated now in the last few years, but for about 15 years, some of those CG animated dinosaurs, I mean, they held on to that wow factor for a long time in a way that digital effects don't always manage to do. Yeah. And I think in terms of the colorful characters that were in this movie, movie i mean i think that um you know uh, uh sam Neal sam neil yeah. sam neil was was you know kind of oddball casting in a way cuz he had done a lot of these sort of character parts but seeing him play this kind of lead he was really good I think this was at the height of Jeff Goldblum at his Jeff Gol- Goldblumiest. yeah <laughs> and I think that even those kid actors even though it's like typical Spielberg kind of kid performances where they just they're required to just kind of look amazed a lot I felt like there was so, there was a real energy to the to the chase scenes in this movie so it, you know when I first saw it it hit all those spots of like it was it was scary like Jaws was it was exciting like like a big adventure film was and it was interesting the science scientific aspect of it, they came up with a really clever way of giving you the information of, here's how the (laughs) dinosaurs were cloned. And the whole thing about pulling the DNA from the amber, the way that was explained yeah. both by some scientists and by the, yeah, that you were just doing the little voice <laughs> of the, the fact that they're, they're testing a theme park. That, I mean, that whole setup, it was all just so, so cleverly constructed. Yeah. I was in college when this came out. And I, I remember I went out and I bought the, the making of book and I went to go see it again. And I, I, you know, raved to all my <clears> friends <throat> about how good it was. It was like a rare occasion where I was in my sort of, I was really too cool to go head over heels for a, for a dinosaur movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I. I didn't care, even though I was only uh, I was twenty, I guess the year it came out. Um, I felt like it was a blast from the past. At that time, I felt like I haven't been this excited about a movie since like a Star Wars movie or an Indiana Jones movie, and I yeah, wanted absolutely. more of that world. And I went out and I read the book, and I read a lot of other of Michael Crichton's books as well. So it definitely, to me, hit me as both like an ultimate popcorn entertainment and as a movie that that you know it stuck to the rules that it tried to set up. And before, when I was talking about sci-fi having something kind of relatable, the science of Jurassic <clears throat> Park might be far-fetched, but it definitely they, they they did their they did the homework of explaining it in a way that you bought it. Mm-hmm. And then the rest was just letting the sort of the awe take over. That I don't care who you are, at some point you've pictured what would it be like to be face to face with a dinosaur, and that movie really really felt like it. It gave you a a taste of that.
1: Yeah, it. It did such a good. It did such a good job of setting up the beauty of Jurassic Park and the wonder and the cars and the tours. Mm-hmm. And then when it started to get crazy, it, it's you're so comfortable and seeing everybody happy and seeing the the, <clears throat> the first hatching dinosaur. You're like man, this is beautiful. And then it all goes haywire. Yeah, it's it was, it was the first movie, as a kid that I was. That I'd seen in the movies and felt the sound in a way that I hadn't felt. Oh,
2: yeah, definitely. The sound design in that I hadn't was...
1: felt sound in that way. Like, I felt scared. Like, when you see the the, the water. water. Uh,
2: and to think that, like, yeah, in a movie with all the high-tech pleasures that that movie had to offer, that one of the striking images is of a cup of water with vibrations oh, going absolutely. through it. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's really Spielberg at his best when it comes to putting together, like, a creepy sequence. Yeah. So I would good. I would give a special mention too. There's that sequence in the second one with the, where the trailer's hanging over the cliff, mm. oh. and Julianne Moore is like on the glass that's cracking. That scene was was crazy. But in the first one, there's two or three of those moments that just feel like some of Spielberg's most tense, yeah, filmmaking. And you're right, the way the movie starts out so happy, and then it's almost like the gray clouds come in, the rain starts falling, and the movie kind of just
1: just descends into yeah. into hell. And I always remember ha ha ha. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> the, the virus. Yeah. Yes, oh, right peace, <clears throat> Newman. I know. God, man, sad stuff. But yeah, did
0: you guys see the re-release last year of it? You the You theaters? know what I
1: heard? I well, did you see it? Yeah, I next. heard that the three D looked better than most three D because it was like practical effects, and the three D made it like the, the the conversion looked better. Huh. I yeah. read some article about that. Talking about how the 3D looked pretty good for the time, and it it because they used a lot of practical effects and the yeah. animatronics and stuff. It looked. Yeah,
0: I don't actually. I don't think it was I IMA- What was it? IMAX. I don't know, but I, yeah, I saw it in theaters when it re- was re released last, almost this time last year. And I actually think it holds up. still I mean, some of the effects sure look a little. Yeah. When like you compare it against bit. some the, how excessive some other films are now, <laughs> but I mean, I think in perspective, I mean that movie is aces. I mean, it's incredible yeah still is thrilling watching it in the theater and actually it was awesome because like i can remember like there's people sitting behind us in the theater that brought their kids to see it mm-hmm. and it was so awesome to hear these little kids behind me like sounding the way i sounded when i was a kid watching yeah. it in the 90s you know i was like yeah. 11 or 12 when it came out and it was just so cool and we're talking to them like yeah like we love this movie our kids have seen it at home and they've never seen it in theater it was just it's that's the timeless piece of like that movie and, yeah. and the idea of dinosaurs and that, that science element of it is just it's, it is well maybe it is magical John yes <laughs>
1: but yeah that great pick great pick what you got Ron um my second pick <sighs> oh man so <clears throat> I think I think I'm gonna choose this movie because uh practical effects have been my thing lately I've been I've been loving practical effects and uh the thing oh. was... One of those movies that I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but watching it as an adult just really felt, (laughs) it felt like it it was one of the best movies I'd ever seen. For, For the characters, the characters that were like, buddy, buddy, it felt like good and the the sudden change the shift when the aliens start to attack the dogs and mm-hmm. it was gr- it and it's John Carpenter is a really big fan of loud noises combined with people screaming Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Well, it's like
2: scenes where it just goes nuts, yeah, you know. Like nuts and that and movie loud. has a lot of that, like quiet to loud. But like the noise the creatures makes, yeah. I'll just go ahead and say, like, I'm glad you had the thing because you you opened up a spot on my list for something else because it's okay. definitely, yeah. I I, I would have. This movie is one of those you can put in so many categories. You know, <laughs> this, this movie has like, a lot of love on this. Podcast. It's like you would picture it as yeah. like maybe one of my favorite horror, horror films, movies. and it's also one of my favorite sci-fi films. And if you were to say like ensemble cast films, or if you were to say like. People isolated, Keith fighting. David you know,
0: <laughs> it's a lot. Kurt Russell films. Yeah, I mean, like, I, there's a whole list show that we could do. It's crazy. We could that, just do one episode called "The Thing,",
2: the thing. and, we're, and we're, where each one of us comes up with three different categories that where we it think dominates. it's the best
1: in. But it is yeah. such a great movie. Something about hearing the sound of a monster. <laughs> And then having <laughs> <Turkey>. a person, <laughs> yeah, <turkey. laughs> and then having a person go, "Oh shit! Oh shit! A shooting! It's something about that yeah, chaos." So yeah, so it's desperate. Yeah. and then the the close up of the monster, and the close up of the faces, and then it's it's that it, it's so intense. And and it was funny because when I rewatched it before the the remake came out, I thought that I would feel like this feels dated and this feels weird. And I'm starting to think that, like, nostalgia isn't enough for me to enjoy a movie as as intensely as I enjoy the, the thing again. Like, it's something about seeing that stuff happen yeah. the way it happens and having everybody react to it and have the characters seem so relatable. Instantly. Instantly. And... Like,
2: those characters within a few lines, you know, they're not the deepest characters in the world, no, but you know all. who they are within a few a few
1: character beats. Kurt Russell at his height. Like, he was... He yeah, he was, was awesome. In he that. was, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't overplay, he didn't seem too cool, but he also didn't seem scared, as scared as he should have seemed. I thought it was so good. I thought it was really good, so. The thing.
0: The thing. The thing. Um <laughs> So to kinda of touch back, like so when I was thinking about these categories, because it was so broad, I was trying to come up with selections of different elements of sci-fi that <clears throat> you know, in life or in film or whatever, just interests me. So time travel, you know, being back to the future. And I was thinking about aliens. And aliens, in general, is one of my favorite genres or, like, facets of sci-fi. Yeah, you revealed
2: a few weeks ago that that's one of the things you were a sucker for. I'm a
0: sucker for it. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And, you know, I guess I was kind of torn. I I may pull a little bit of a walker here just to drop a name. But I've given lots of love to E.T. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you mentioned Spielberg. And I I wanted to talk about E.T. a little bit, but then I thought about the reaction that I had to E.T., and it felt a little different than I wanted to talk about for this episode. Mm -hmm. So the movie that I wanted to kind of give the Alien kudos to is the film that carries its name and its title, and that is Alien. Ridley Scott's Alien. Oh, Um, I was going to put that... You guys are doing me such a favor here. You're clearing up... See, I'm clearing the lane for you to give more. So (laughs) as much as, like... So when I was young, I mean, I started watching these films very young, and I I, thank you, Mom and Dad, for letting me. Um... (laughs) You know, seeing E.T. is a different experience. Like, you know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it it does still have a place in, you know, you guys know it's like one of my favorite movies. And I've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast. But the reaction to Alien, which in essence is one of the first, like, truly effective m- movie monsters in space films, period. You know, the scope of it, the the mood of it, the atmosphere of it, everything. The greatest piece of it was that it paid little notice to the fact that they were really in space, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Really isn't stressed beyond us seeing them wake up, you know, us seeing their environment. They're not really... Outside of being bound by space itself outside of their vessel, it really is just about this enclosed space and this monster that exists out mm-hmm. there. You know, what possibly could be out there? You know, we see aliens like, the you know, the green men or the gray men, and that's what they look like, and we see X-Files, and I love this shit, right? Yeah, But the... Seeing the monsters in, in alien is was an experience that I not was not prepared for. and it opened my mind to what could what could fucking be out there, you know beyond what we see. Well, it's like the title of that movie. Such.
2: The title of that movie seems almost like a minimal title, but when you really think about what that movie's about, mm. the fact that this creature is so totally other from us like the way the way that it works biologically the way yes. that it the way that it grows the way that it gestates the way it spends a certain phase of its life inside some host organism and all those steps yeah. that you see in the movie and it's like you get that idea that like oh yeah this creature is just the unknown i mean there's this we don't know how to kill it we don't know where it came from we don't know what it wants we don't know that it it's if it's a higher organism than us if it's got some goal like it's it, yeah, the movie doesn't hand you any of those answers that you normally get. and that creature is terrifying for for that. I mean, particularly in that first movie. yes, it, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say that creature gets necessarily less scary as it goes along, but it's never as like just horrifying like stop your stop your blood and your veins horrifying as it is those fleeting glimpses you get of it in that first movie. like that scene in the in the air duct oh. with Tom Skerritt or that scene. Uh, you know, anytime you see the person and they just kind of come up on it, and it's like you don't, cause the first time you saw that, you don't even really know what that creature looked, looked like. like. Like now yeah. it's easy to, rem- you can kind of visualize it and it's been turned into sort of an icon. But at that time, it was just this bizarre, like,
1: yeah.
2: evil intelligence that was kind of lurking around. And it really seemed like the people were, were just not a match <clears throat> for it at all. Like these people are out of their element and they don't know what they're doing. And
1: yeah, I, I think uh... still scares me in that movie. So I I was realizing I was thinking about all the movies that we like and I was thinking about <laughs> why those movies stand out to me. I think I think there is a, a clear difference between somebody that just makes a movie and a genius. And I think it what it has to do is uh, do with is the level of detail. Like the fact that space is is second to the, the the like intimate environment that they have mm-hmm. is a is really, really pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Because space could be the driving force of this movie and make you just as interested as any other movie. But it's something about it just so happening to be in about space. And then it being about this little tight space where they're kind of functioning yeah. that makes it amazing. The fact that this man thought about the fact that this alien wouldn't look like any other alien, the fact that the relationships between these people were going to be really unique and and strong and, and yeah. bold and... Vulgar and cool and
2: Yeah, they felt like real co-workers that didn't yeah. really want to have a whole lot to do with each other and they really felt like they were just doing a job and yeah.
1: very blue collar. Yeah, yeah. blue like, collar like in space an oil rig or something. I'd never seen anything like that. I think that
2: the before. phrase I'd heard a lot, maybe you'd heard this too, was truckers in space is yeah. what they were going yeah. for. You know, they and were it, going for that
1: feel. It, it felt like it. It felt like it. And then it it's it's the little details, the fact that you it, it's it's like watching <clears throat> When, you, when you're watching art, when you're watching moving art and you, you notice the little details and you, the sound, layers of sound to like hearing something in the distance to the colors that they use and when the mood changes to, to like, uh, it's everything that a person who, who just sees movies for the surface value mm-hmm. would never pay attention to or that would never do if they made a film. And that's what's a genius to me. I think seeing these movies that have this level of detail that's almost like every time I watch that movie, I notice something new. Right. And and that's not and that's that's crazy. I've seen this movie a couple times. I mean, you know, quite a few times since. <laughs> I
2: to say, that wasn't very impressive. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I've just, seen this movie. I've seen this movie once Up to <laughs> twice, <seen> <laughs> up to twice times. What
1: two? You know, but it's something about the level of detail when you notice something new. I mean, and even people may not like Prometheus, but Prometheus is another one of those movies. Even though it was related to it in the same world, you notice something about that environment, and it just. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, man.
0: I think I think what you're one of the things that makes me think of when you when I hear you say that is like one of the things I remember feeling like is how claustrophobic. So outside of their vessel, how infinite that yeah. is, yeah. And one element from that comes inside to what they think they have control of, and it's the worst possible scenario, right? Like that is frightening, it's insane, and it's so claustrophobic. And like the air duct scene is a great example of that. It's just, it's terrifying, mm-hmm. and I mean, and I mean, and that exposure, to, like to the whole alien, the anthromorph like, like you said, their biology, like, like using our bodies as a door. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's <laughs> fucking frightening. Yeah, and and it has still affected me. And I mean, in, you know, where where Aliens is more, it's still, you know, it's a b- bigger action movie. Yeah, um, and still really enjoy that as well. But Alien, um, the original Alien, is is absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite sci-fi films, It if only for exposing me to what the hell could be out there. Yeah. So. And it still holds up
2: in a way that yeah. a lot of movies of that nature don't. I mean, I've heard some people say that they feel like it looks dated, but I feel like they, they did a good enough job of creating such a bizarre creature that you look at it and you can't... Like, the ways in which it looks like a person in a suit doesn't really harm the, the, the creep factor because you still can't tell what's going on with it, you and, a, know? and a
0: lot of that has to do with how they shot it. Like, yeah. it's very confined. Like, you don't have a ton of wide shots where you'd be able to be like, oh, that looks like, oh, yeah. that looks weird. Yeah. It, it's it's you're, you're kind of seeing it from, like, that moment that somebody would realize it. Like, you don't, yeah. you're not being exposed to any kind of flaw it would have in terms of a piece of production. Right. You know, but, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know. Yeah, I think it holds up, too. I've seen it recently, and I, I still feel the same about it, so...
2: Well, all these all these classics <coughs> Cla- be- paving ways, paving the way, but it's like it makes me now I now have a
0: problem because now there's two classics,
2: and I gotta Uh-oh. say I gotta say I'm not gonna walk her this. I'm just gonna save it for the for the also rands. But I will say that I'm right now I'm erring on the side of a certain movie because uh, uh, we never got to pay proper respect to one of the uh, one of the big players in this movie, and because a poster for this film hangs up over my shoulder sure. at all times, and this also for me kind of stresses the. The, the 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 what a sci-fi film can be. And I would say Ghostbusters mm. is a movie that fits into what I would consider to be a sci-fi film because once again it's taking that science, even though it's paranormal science and it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo, taking that and trying to root it in something real. I sure. mean the notion that they have these machines that they're using to contain the ghosts and the fact that they have like a containment grid and it's actually got something where when the electricity shuts down all these ghosts are set free. I mean, all of that is very the spiritual side of that is is not what you normally expect to see in a sci-fi film. But their approach towards it as like paranormal investigators yeah. and and all of that that felt. I mean, nowadays we've got a hundred ghost hunters shows. On television and so it almost seems like an actual thing but when this movie first came out that was sort of a new concept absolutely was the idea of like people that are going around and they're they're you know just the word ectoplasm that wasn't a word that anyone had said before and Mm -hmm. suddenly you were hearing it and I think that you combined the kind of nerdy script that Dan Aykroyd had come up with which then supposedly was rewritten heavily by the the late great Harold Ramis um, who supposedly brought a little bit more kind of structure and humanity to this 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 funny nerdy script that Dan Aykroyd had written, and they had written it. I'm not sure at which point they adapted it for Bill Murray, but originally it was supposed to be a, a vehicle for John Belushi. Right. So the script was around long enough for you know him to pass away and for them to cast Bill Murray instead. But the way that Bill Murray, I mean, it's like it's it's almost a given now. But to see this movie is to kind of see the perfect crystallization of like what we love about Bill Murray. <laughs> because the, the <clears throat> character of Peter Venkman in that movie, I mean, he's a, you know, nowadays you might recognize a lot of these, a lot of these old old school comedic heroes, if you would look at him now, you're talking about like the rapey vibe of Biff, you would yeah. look at these guys now, and it's like they're, they're stalkers, and they're practically sexually assaulting women, and forcing themselves on them and stuff, but the way that he kind of romances Sigourney Weaver's character, it's like the movie sort of knows she's charmed by him, and we know she's charmed by him, but in real life, This is a weird, pushy weirdo, you know, who's like, (laughs) but I don't know. At any rate, that character is very iconic. I think a lot of these actors did their most iconic work. Like Dan Aykroyd, that's sort of what you picture. Harold Ramis, definitely the character Mm -hmm. of Egon Spengler is what you picture. But just the mix of comedy and genre elements and the way that it, it, at times, you know, I remember when I saw it as a kid, there were actually moments that I thought were kind of creepy Um, and it does kind of end up nicely in the end. It's like a happy movie in the end, but you do feel like there are stakes and some of the stuff that the movie brings in this sort of, you know, it's very, it, it, it dips its toe into some of the kind of cosmic horror of like, you know, almost like HP Lovecraft, those ideas of like these, these beings from another realm that are coming through to our side. And this, this, everything about it was very, uh, uh, I don't know. It was just an interesting mix of genre and comedy, and I, th- I think still it's one of the ones that works best of all. If you were trying to think of like what movies have worked both as a comedy and as a and as a, like a you know this kind of sci-fi horror mix, I think that Ghostbusters is the one I go back to in my mind more often than not as an example Absolutely. of it can be done. You can make something that both exists as a comedy and have like the action adventure aspects of the story still feel like they have some weight to them. So. Mm. So gotta give some props to to
0: Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Great movie. Thank you, John, for picking that.
1: Well, Ronald. Cool. Uh my final one. Um, so wait. I did some research. Right? There's a third, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wait, That's... it's not oblivion? No. <laughs> what the hell? What do you mean you researched?
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh Judgment Day <clears throat> is August twenty ninth, nineteen ninety seven. That's two days after my birthday.
0: Thank God you picked it.
1: When I think about movies that changed my life, changed my fucking existence, this is one of them. I think because it had, mm. so if Back to the Future were the the perfect outline of time travel, uh, Terminator 2 was the complete opposite in my head. Like, it was, it was chaotic. Mm-hmm. The timeline didn't really make sense to me. I didn't want it to make sense. All I knew that it was that this guy came to kill my favorite man in the world, John Connor, and then something changed, and and their dynamic became almost like a like a giant and a it's like do your worst to this person, and it's something about seeing John Connor with the Terminator. That made me so happy because it. The first half was just so dark, and then it got darker, and then like, that movie changed my life. I couldn't agree with you more. It did something.
0: I have it it on my list, and I saved it for you. I didn't want to find out to say it It is my movie. It had to be your third one.
1: It's it's something about it's something about. So the first one was good. It was very good. Some
0: would argue that I mean. I guess some would argue that as a sci-fi film, like a lot of lists you look at, Terminator yeah. maybe a little higher. Because I think it's similar to like the Alien, Aliens yeah, discussion. Yeah. Like, you know, Terminator 2 like just took the sci-fi world that was existing from the first and just like set it nicely into what would become one of the greatest action movies of all time. Yeah. Action adventure films, period. And
1: John Connor was the beginning <clears throat> of that generation that was like, I don't... Like, grungy, I don't give a fuck. Shitty hacker. He cursed like crazy. He called people dickwad. I I thought that was... How
0: badass does it get when you call somebody a dickwad?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he was so small. And I thought there was something really cool about this kid that couldn't really defend himself physically, (sighs) that could defend himself verbally. And he talked to this large robot as Mm -hmm. if he was his friend. It was so weird to me. Mm Mm-hmm. But, and then, and then to see the clash of John Connor, who was functioning with the Terminator, to go back to his mom, and his mom is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He tried to kill me. He tried to kill that, me. That scene is great in the That's, hospital. Oh, right? my God. Yeah. And the. The slow motion
0: coming around the corner. Yeah. And, and she, like, him, falls, falls down. And, like, and, like, <laughs> he's like, kicking her feet to get back, and she <sighs> can't. Love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah.
1: So good. Um. One of the best movies I've ever seen. It's one of the best action movies ever created. Yeah, and I, I, I'll show it to anybody <clears throat> to this day, and I think it's
0: it one of the things up. I think is interesting. Like a lot of these movies that we talk about, they still hold up. Yeah, you know? I don't know it's, if that is. I don't know that. I don't know if you would expect that, like of a sci-fi genre, because of technology and like kind of how filmmaking is being pushed now, mm-hmm. but terminator like i remember seeing that film in the theaters with my dad the first
1: time it, you it, saw we, that in the movies yeah oh, man. we
0: can i saw that like, movies multiple times i, I went and saw it with my dad on father's day i can remember this very vividly and just like being having no having no comparison yeah. for the action and like and and the emotion at the end of the terminator 2 when he yeah. goes down in that lava it destroyed me it messed <laughs> me it, up it messed me up yeah But yeah, I think the special effects for the time, amazing, like groundbreaking effects with the T-1000, yeah, T-1000 was Robert Patrick's model, I think. Um, Just like the shape-shifting and like reaching his hand through and turning into a, like a whatever, sword, spade, fork, whatever it was, Um, turning into the parent's. You yeah, know, putting the hand of the milk, cup, the milk jug to the fu- you know that stuff was crazy. It was crazy. Like it was a world that, and I think the cool thing when you were talking about seeing Arnold kind of go to the good guy side, um, it kind of it kind of felt like there's there was a chance. Yeah, you know, like good wins right in yeah. these movies, but like in, in Terminator, you know, Kyle Reese was like the the, the chance that Sarah had, <clears throat> but in this film, Sarah having the knowledge, the history, you know, like. It felt like something needed to happen. You're like, oh well, he's the good guy. Well, what's the bad guy? Like the bad guy's pretty fucking badass. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe maybe the scales aren't very equal. Yeah. But you know, I think just the, ter- the 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 perspective of like Sarah's experience and Linda Hamilton, I think, is incredible in the Terminator films. Even Edward Furlong, who I think is horrible, I think he's great as John Connor in that film. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a mm, man. Great movie. Terminator two, an Terminator incredible 2. movie.
1: It was trucks, trucks, and explosions, and there's something about a truck that won't stop and running over things and Mm -hmm. trying to kill a little kid. And it's like, man, how ruthless is this dude? He will, he will stop. And and he's
0: running after the cop car, and like he's running so fast, (laughs) like that. That that was like, that's not how the Terminators are. Yeah, this is all okay. So like the the playing field is completely screwed up now because yeah. your expectation of what this model is is like, it's just a bad guy. Well, it's like not just a bad guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you remember and, when he was chasing him and then the hook got stuck? And he's like, and, and he, he just like, throws it. it. It's like, and oh. you see it melt
0: on the ground. He like steps into it and it's, it goes back into his... Man, I remember that Fuck. movie well. <laughs> That's a very fucking, well.
1: Fucking great movie. All the
0: shots of like of Arnold on like the bike like when he's just like rocking that shotgun around yes. and just firing off. Yeah man. Great. So movie. good. So uh, good. So good. I want to watch it now. I'm gonna watch it. I've watched it like in the past like three or four months.
1: Really? Because
0: I, I was mean, gonna go to it when it was playing at, at Micah. Remember that, I wanted to that see revival they so had down oh. there? I just couldn't make it. So I think I watched it around when that happened just at home. But uh yeah, it's a great great pick. Terminator two. Terminator two.
2: You know, I'm sitting here thinking have I actually seen Terminator Two? Get
0: out, John.
2: Really? I've seen scenes. No, this is you your seen house. Moments, but get out. See I've it. seen moments and scenes and everything you're describing. Watched together. I've never. Can we? Should we? we? We need to. We need to.
0: Oh my god! This that is a great movie. opportunity for us to experience something with you.
2: Well, I—I I mean, I'm, i am i all these scenes. I know the moments you're talking about, <clears> but I don't. I'm sitting here. Th- I know I didn't see it in the theater, and I can't remember if I've ever sat down and actually watched it from beginning to end yeah wow. there's so
1: many moments you know what i was thinking about
2: <laughs> the i could have like, easily kept my mouth shut and just privately gone no, off to see it but no, i think i think that one time no, you, you need to include us one time you said i forget what movie it was steve but you pointed out that you had been kind of pretending, like that conversations had happened that you had sort of nodded <laughs> okay. through like, and, I, I, and I was like i'm glad when you said that i was like i'm glad i'm not the only one that occasionally does oh, that no, where no, i'm totally. like i guess like until i'm required to speak and it, this seems like a movie that like no i feel like i should have an opinion about this movie one way or the other so
0: like, I, I imagine I'll like it, because it's... Oh, it's I, yeah, you have to like it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We may need to find a third chair otherwise. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 but tried and true. It, it is an incredible action movie that holds up, and, you know, the sci-fi elements are, are, are a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, I mean, truly made Arnold an incredible yeah. star. I mean, like, you know, he was already a star, but Terminator 2 is what made him, like, a worldwide phenomenon. Until, that is until uh. Last Action Hero came out, and then it just kind of went down. But, um... It wasn't a terrible
1: movie. <clears throat> it's no Terminator 2. It's no Terminator 2.
0: Alright, so, my last pick. This was, this was my, uh... I don't want to say wild card, but I don't... A lot of people haven't seen this movie. Um, I remember when I used to substitute teach, like, every science class I always subbed for. Oh, not every. At least three or four. In, in the Baltimore County school system, uh... <laughs> When it was a long-term subbing gig, no shit, like everybody would want me to show this film, and it's a film that I remember seeing when it came out. I was a junior, sophomore in high school, Um, you know, saw it in the theaters. Only saw it really because I really at that time thought Ethan Hawke was pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. But in terms of the categories of sci-fi that really interest me, um, and this would be one of the most challenging in terms of morality and ethic ethics, is uh, a movie about. Uh, cloning, DNA manufacturing, you know, manipulations, things like that. And this is 1997's... Uh, Scottica. 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 <laughs> Scottica. <Yeah>. There <laughs> it is. Scottica. <laughs> Andrew Nichols' Gattaca. Gattaca. Um, oh, Gattaca, right. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen Gattaca? Admit no. It. Okay. So I've there's another one we can it. watch
1: together. Yeah. A movie I've seen... Somebody just referenced <laughs> that movie yesterday, which is weird. Really?
0: Yeah, it's... So... Um... Yeah, it's really weird that I... It was, I noticed, like, after twice, I'm like, why do science teachers or departments pick Gattaca? But mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. I guess it begs a lot of questions that, you know, questions, you know, DNA manipulation and questions about, like, human morality and in the future and um, just a really solid movie. Um, Andrew Nichols, I don't know, most people know him. I, I feel like he did Gattaca. I think he did the, did he do the, what, the Hunger Games movie? Or is No. That Andrew, uh, that's somebody else. Now,
2: he did something recently, though, that's not... Like, Andrew Nicole has kind of had a...
0: He's only, he hasn't done a lot of movies. He did Gattaca. I know he did Lord of War, Truman Show. But he and... wrote that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wrote that. Um, I don't know. Something else. But, yeah, Gattaca is... Um... <sighs> Basically, Ethan Hawke plays a, a, a character... Who's trying to get into a like an astronaut program or a space program that is very heavily tested for um DNA. He did that Simone. Yeah, oh, yeah, Simone. And That's then he did the... In Time. Oh, that was brutal. That's what That's I'm saying. Horrible. I think he's he kind hated of, In Time. He's Woo! kind of
2: fallen off a little Woo! bit.
1: In Time wasn't the worst. <clears throat> I thought it was a, such a cool concept.
0: No, no. Well, I, you didn't like the concept? I, I wasn't I wasn't I I wasn't a fan of In Time. What? But anyway, back to Gattaca. <laughs> um it's just a really cool movie about about the future and 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 worlds that we might be living in soon, and I don't know what term you want to apply to that, um, but it just brings a lot of conversation up about morality and ethics, and just um, like Ethan Hawke's character is trying to get into a, a program where it's heavily tested for, they basically can you know look at your DNA and look at your body and your future and what you will have in the future and heart mount, heart uh, heart deficiencies and things like that. And because of that, he can't have a life. You know, he can't get the life that he wants because of this precursor. Mm. So he works with Jude Law's character, who is this, um, he's in a wheelchair. I, don't know, I'm not, I can't remember what exactly happened to his character. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. What exactly happened to his character. But he basically provides Ethan Hawke with his DNA so that he can get past these checks and these systems that are there. Mm. Um, because his his is good. Like, he's he's disabled because of an accident, not because of something that was predetermined in his DNA. Um, just a really smart, really thought provoking movie, um, with both scientific and actual human, uh, um, not, not, I want to say police, like things, things that are policing this world, both related to the scientific world and actual people mm. that b- believe this and that buy into this way of life and that think that this is the right way to do things. Um, but yeah i don't know just really one of the first times that i really started like thinking about that you know and and seeing that in a world where you know you predestination really kind of came into play and 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 discussions of free will and you know and and um and opportunities and things like that i never really thought about it outside of like some you know i don't know some classes i may have taken in school or whatever but um I don't know. Just, I don't know. Gattaca is a really kind of underseen film. I think, mm. really well received critically. Box office was, you know, it got an, o- an Oscar nomination for art direction because it, it is a beautiful film, uh, in my opinion. I mean, there are definitely films in the world of sci-fi that maybe provoke deeper questions or maybe maybe spend a little more time on it. Mm-hmm. But I think just the desperation and in, in, in the character I could really identify with when I first saw it, mm. and how far he was willing to go, uh to beat a system, you know, that was very scientific and very, um, you know, bureaucratic in ways that were, you know, you think of a world of government controlled by science and things like that. And that's really what this world was. Mm. And, you know, I don't live in that. I mean, I live in a world that maybe has elements of that, but that's really what Gattaca was mm-hmm. trying to get to that point and in, in trying to get to Gattaca where he was trying to, you know, Ethan Hawke's trying to go, having to go outside the system and really kind of question things that, maybe aren't or or should or should not be the status quo mm. but i don't know really cool interesting sci-fi movie that only because i've probably seen it 12 times mm-hmm. um you know always sticks with me so
2: so you haven't seen it <clears throat> you haven't seen it twice like ronald might sometimes <laughs> <watch your phone. laughs> he's known to watch a movie once <coughs> twice <coughs> three times a lady well three times i be pushing it but... <laughs> Um, you know, I, th- I'm I'm really torn. I'm so tempted just to walk the shit out of this. Um, but I won't. I'm just going to keep pointing out. This is, I'm like a guy. T- tonight I feel like an alcoholic who's been tested by, like, I'm at a party where there's a lot of drinking going <laughs> on. Because there's so many opportunities for walkering on this list. Because I yes. really didn't feel good about singling out any above certain others. But mm. right now I'm really torn between a movie that is about the biggest in terms of its scope. Uh, on my list versus one that's like the smallest in terms of its scope, and I think just because the smaller movie is an amazing feat of low budget ingenuity, um, I'm gonna go with the smaller movie. But but the also rants are coming right up, and that big movie's getting a big a big shout out from me. But I'm gonna go with uh, Shane Carruth's Primer from 2004 oh, wow. as a movie that you know if Jurassic Park had the spectacle and the kind of crowd pleasing amazement and the kind of awe turning into horror that like that sci-fi can offer and if if Ghostbusters was an example of genre mixing that can you can take these elements and you can you can plug them into like a comedic structure and they can both hold up then Primer is just an example of taking an idea and blowing it up into a movie in such a way that the idea becomes the film you know i mean the the way that the way that that movie just sort of begs you to watch it a second time when it's over because of the way that the 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 use of i mean i guess it's kind of it's almost a spoiler to even say the film deals with time travel but the way right. the film shows you a sort of accidental way that these people could have discovered time travel and the way that they apply it it's also within the realm of of not so much applicable science, but the rules of their time travel are so finite and that the parameters are so tight that it was just one of the first times I'd seen a movie, and if not the, the only time I've seen a movie, take a concept like time travel that has been used in so many fantastical ways and then narrow it down to a form of time travel that if you take a leap with the movie, it's actually kind of believable. And it'll almost kind of give you a headache if you try to think about it. But the notion that once you have a time machine, you can travel to almost any point since the creation of the time machine, but you couldn't go back to a time before there was a time machine. Yeah. So like that idea that there's this physical object that takes up physical space that is what you're using to travel time and it needs to be there... Uh, as the primer, uh, you know, it needs to be there before you can... Or Primer. ...be there. Or, you know, we've covered this, Steve. <laughs> what if my, I went back? One of, my, <laughs> one of my first great defeats on this podcast was, was you being right that it was Primer and not Primer. But like, I don't know, I still find that movie kind of mind-boggling in a way. It absolutely is. And also, there was something about it that was creepy... Because once you get into this world where there's another, there, like you're traveling back in time and you're trying not to run into yourself, and the notion of you yourself being in a world where there's another you lurking around in your house, there's something that's so I can't imagine a creepier person to find in my house than me. Yeah, right. And Absolutely. there's something about that that just I, thought I just saw myself. Yeah, on I know the exactly. Freaked <laughs> me out a little bit. <laughs> and and it, yeah, it just makes you think. I mean, at this point, I think we've seen from Upstream Color the the follow up that Shane Caruth is a guy who takes his time and makes these very specific movies that unfold slowly. And, and, you know, I mean, I don't, I can't even say that I've fully gotten my head around what primer is, but I think for an example of the genre, I, I, it definitely deserves a nod just because it did so much with, with so little. And what you actually see on screen is, is, you know, just people talking and, and these, you know, what essentially is a box, but the way that it's applied, uh, I mean, yeah. I've, I've seen flowcharts and diagrams that attempt to explain the timeline of this movie, and I still don't fully understand that I've interpreted it
0: correctly, you know, so. I need to watch that again, yeah. Every time you talk about that, <clears throat> I remember how blown away by it I was in terms of my brain just being smushed. <laughs> it's really, really confusing. But in a best way possible Yeah, right. In the most challenging. Well, I mean in a way, most it's, engaging like, way it's like a, it, is, it is a little bit of work
2: it uh, is. maybe oh, yeah. this movie but it's not difficult in the way that so many movies are difficult in the way that makes them not fun to watch. I never felt when I was watching Primer like I was being like I was being held outside of the movie. I felt sure. more like I was having the fun of of getting into the nitty gritty. Like this is the, you know in another <laughs> movie someone says we built this time machine. And here's how it works. Right. In this movie, you get to see the the process of that and how they're learning how to use it. And I thought that that was. And even though Shane Carruth is maybe not the most expressive actor, I think in particular in this movie, in in the role that he plays, you feel like okay, maybe he is sort of one of these guys that's on the spectrum who's got this focus. You know, he's 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 got a passion for this project that he's working on. So the fact that he seemed a little monotonous and a little bit like you know maybe not the most expressive guy, it fed into this character in a way that that I believed. So, yeah. Primer. So let's just go ahead and say 2001. Motherfuck. <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted to say 2001, but 2001. You know, I went into Hal in detail when we did our villains episode, and it, it 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 seemed like the most obvious movie to put on this list. I could have put it on there three times, four times, five times. It wouldn't be enough. 2001 is my jam, but somehow it didn't end up on my list. These are the politics of a list. Uh, my other also runs just quickly. I uh, I had Brazil, Twelve Monkeys the fly moon rise of the planet of the Apes and a sentimental favorite from my childhood the black hole oh uh, nice did
0: you have any also rans Ronald
1: then I guess this is weird I have it's like, a very real. small
0: sci-fi universe yeah, for Ronald course.
1: yeah there aren't too many that I really <laughs> liked so
0: yeah I had I had uh, 12 monkeys um 12 monkeys oh yeah man I love 12 monkeys um I' saw it. I don't remember anything about it I think that it would be
2: you one... You have seen it I've or I've seen it, it no. I
1: just don't remember anything about
2: it. I, 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 I caught just a little bit of it not too long ago. And I, I, I mean, it's another one that has like, the way that it uses the time travel concept, there's a creep factor to yeah. it. The way that there's like a mystery surrounding like what really happened and, you yeah. know, who, who is this guy? I thought that movie was really... Like one of those movies that kind of has a twist, but a twist that bears up to watching it again to kind of see how things work out rather than a twist that kind of ruins the the fun of the movie. Yeah, And that's one of Brad Pitt's first like... One of the times when it was like he was getting known as the guy with these great abs from Thelma and Louise, and it was like he did this this turn in Twelve Monkeys with that the I wonky think, eye. Yeah, well, you know, anytime an actor does that kind of anti vanity type yeah. of role, it kind of sure. makes you sure. Like I, for a guy like me, that was like, who's this Brad Pitt that all the ladies are are creaming over? <laughs> to suddenly be like, oh, okay, he's he's good. He's you know he's willing to he's willing to look freaky.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Most of my other ones got mentioned. The thing yeah. was on mine. Um, yeah, little Jurassic little. Park. I think, I think it's just a huge pot to pick from. I mean, yeah. we could totally get a little more granular with it at some time in the future and kind of be a little more selective. But, I mean, there's so many great movies that spin off of uh, a lot of these favorites that we have. You know, of, of the Alien movies or of the time travel movies. You know, a lot of the similarities that we picked in terms of what the topic was. Where we're, we're, we're Primer's a little, or a lot more, you know, challenging uh, mm-hmm. about time travel... Um, I actually really I really enjoyed um Oh Looper. Um it's really oh, it, it's really new I about but it, I mean, mean it really... would it would probably find a way into a conversation if we were talking about that type of movie for me yeah. I think.
2: Well that one I think we all enjoyed how it took this concept of time travel and came up with a few kind of creative spins on it yeah. that like felt like a world where time travel might have existed that you might have they might be using it in this way sure sure um but yeah i I was wondering did anybody uh think about safety not guaranteed i never saw that one Uh, but i know that one that one seemed to pop up on when i I was doing a little research that one popped up on the sort of stealth sci-fi
0: i had not okay i I like that but i I don't think it would make it anywhere wouldn't be that good what about um do you guys consider inception sci-fi yeah
2: i think so yeah okay i mean it's like it's Sci-fi come in a sense comes from uh, what they used to call speculative fiction, where it's like basically you're taking something real and you're kind of kind of projecting out from that and trying to, so I like the way inception, even though it's not exactly super scientific in its approach, the way it approaches dreams, yeah, okay. is sort of to me that taking of something real that we all can relate to and and doing something with it, you know, like spinning a story off of something that that we don't really know, we can't really explain what's going on with dreams. so you could, there's room to tell a story there and yet still say that movie kind of fits in with our world, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so in that sense, I would say, I'd yeah.
1: include Inception.
0: Because the only, that, that one and Eternal Sunshine were ones that I was oh, thinking. That is one of my one. favorite movies yeah. of all time. I just right.
1: didn't know if that, that's
0: one of my... Yeah, I know you enjoy that. I was curious Love if that, that would movie. fall into sci-fi. I think that run.
2: definitely does. And yeah. I think another one that none of us mentioned that's almost surprising no one had on their list, but Blade Runner. Yeah, I was going to... That was my next point.
0: I mean, that. I think that's actually something that I, I can't really say that I remember seeing that whole movie. Mm-hmm. That might I be would... what I said before in the in a previous episode. I, I know that I've seen a lot of the like scenes that everybody talks about. Yeah. But I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched Blade Runner all the way through.
1: I don't think... Every, every list has it life. on there. In yeah. my adult life, I haven't. I watched it when I was a kid on Laserdisc.
0: If I did, that's when it was. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I, I can <laughs> but remember I very... I
1: well.
2: feel like Blade Runner's one. I, I I recognize how important it is, and I, I admire it, and I think it is like something to look at. you know. And, and when you see how influential it was on so many other movies, their approach towards doing that kind of futuristic <clears throat> city scape. Yeah. But I don't know, I've just never had the personal connection to that movie, even though some of the ideas in it and some of the stuff that, I mean, as far as what we're talking about with what sci-fi can do, it it covers some philosophical ground that I I don't think a lot of other movies have really tried mm -hmm. to touch. It's really interesting, but for some reason I just have never, it's like it's one that I feel like was processed as a great film before I really developed a relationship with it, and I've never found my way my way in except to just admire all the things about it that are so so clearly that excellent That is
0: such a great way to put it yeah. yeah that's a really great way to put that
1: maybe i should just i feel that way about a lot of movies like mm-hmm. that i
0: don't but i think we've had episodes where we talked about movies like you just we just don't get what's so great about it kind right. of things yeah. but that's a really great way to put it and that's exactly how i feel about certain films and i can't
2: because there are movies that you sometimes you can see what's great about them sure and you still sure. don't have that whatever that spark is you know Yeah,
0: no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right but maybe maybe that's another episode. Yeah. So so we need to see Terminator Two with John. Yeah. And then if you guys want to watch Runner. Blade Runner with me, I'd, I'd, <laughs> yeah.
1: I'd, I'd be down.
2: We need to find a movie that Ronald needs to see, and then we can have a festival of movies that we need to see.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe man. we should watch Blade Runner. Go th- we just said that. <laughs> he,
0: no, he's lumping himself in with me that he doesn't okay. recall really right. remembering it all that yeah. greatly. All right. So there we
2: go. Say, du- join us. Du- a <laughs> join feature, us, Ronald. <laughs> a
0: double feature. Blade Runner and Terminator 2.
1: Is it going to be the Sound director's like, cut? It's dire- a great afternoon. Director's cut is really long. It's like, uh, Blade Runner? Yeah.
0: Whatever we can get our hands on. Okay. Well, or we you can, can get, get our your hands, hands on. That. on. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Sci-fis.
2: That was Sci-Fi in a nutshell.
0: In a nutshell. And thank you for listening. Uh, we're going to actually be taking a week off next week as I will be on vacation in lovely Charleston, South Carolina. Never been. Hoping I enjoy it. But um, we're going to come back, back the week after that and uh, and have some new content for you guys. Be sure to hit up MoviesMovie.net. Uh, oh. Check us out on iTunes. Rate it. Star it. Review it. Whatever you want to do. Slap it. Slap it. Flip it. Flip it. Rub it down. Rub, Rub it, down. it down. Oh, no. <laughs> whatever you are interested in doing to it, yes. do it. Um, but as always, um, there's always ways to reach us. Moviesmovie@gmail.com at gmail.com is a great idea. And honestly, like I know we say it a lot or I say it a lot. If you have ideas for shows, if anybody's listening, mm-hmm. feel free to email us like John, myself, Rana, we're always trying to figure out what content to do, what topic shows. We love doing these list shows. If you have an idea for a really cool, like a really granular list show, like very, very specific, that'd be great. <laughs> yes. It'd be a great show. I think if you have an idea, email us movie at gmail.com. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw in? Well, I just I,
2: I kind of think that it's important that people that people know something, guys. Gather around. Listen up. Hey, everybody out there listening, there's a way that, <laughs> There's a way that you make us feel. It's an always kind of thing that we have here. <laughs> As always. It's kind of like a thing you help us make. Maybe you can help me out here, Steve. It's like a thing that they make for us. That like we, we kind of ha- go through. It's like we have a day. That's yeah. a the word I'm looking for. It's like we oh, a have day. a we have a day. We're just going through a normal day, and someone might say, "What's so special about today? Did anything really make today special?" Oh, and I want well, our audience to, to know. know that it's kind of an always sort of thing with them. That them?
0: Oh, them. The, the audience. Them. That they. They. They make our day, Steve. Oh, that's that's very direct, to the point. You like the way
2: that came out, Ronald? I do, man. It's a, quite a development.
0: So, so like John just said, as always, <laughs> you made our day. <laughs> thanks.
2: Well, that sounded good, Steve. Thanks. I like the way you said yeah, that. Thanks, yeah, thanks, John.
0: I'll, I'll start saying that. <laughs>